This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Hello, Ryan. Good morning, Rich, and good morning, everyone. My voice is... Greeting you all on this Monday morning once again. Well, they've had to deal with my voice for about four years now, so <laughs> dealing with you a, a few extra times in a month <laughs> perhaps isn't the worst thing they've got to experience. But oh dear! So I think one of the issues that we have when we cover football on this pod weekly by every game is you really feel those losses and you really feel those runs that we, well, the one that we're currently on. And it's hard not to get down on it. And then all it takes is is a win or a positive performance and, and we're back on. It wasn't good this weekend, but it wasn't the worst. It's certainly not the worst performance I've seen Swindon um, this weekend against Exeter, but a really frustrating way to end that game, wasn't it? It was incredibly frustrating. Like I said, it wasn't actually a bad performance. There were certainly chances to kill the game off or at least get another couple of goals. But it was just two moments of... The first goal was a switch off and, and Cooper got turned on the halfway line. I have to say, cracking finish uh, from Giovanni Brown to, to equalise. And then it was almost just that we were like, oh, right, we're now drawing again. We've just been putting all our effort into a win to try and break this streak. We're now drawing. We're all shaken up a bit. And and of course, just a couple of moments later, they got that second goal. And it was like, really? Just the, the worst thing was as well is that obviously the win for Exeter meant that they leapfrogged us into the playoff positions with Swindon now dropping out of that zone. But that being said, you know, 
I've seen a lot of talk online. We'll probably touch on this a bit later, Rich, but I've seen a lot of talk online this weekend about, you know, kind of Ghana out there, I do say it. And I just think, okay, yes, we've not been playing our best football at the minute. You know, we haven't been losing, admittedly. We've not been winning games that you probably should have. But let's all just take a deep breath and realise that we're going into the second half of the season. We're still in with a shout at the playoffs. And we've had a really, really disruptive January as well. Yeah, and I think we, we cover that a little bit later with a question that you might be asking, yes. uh, Mr. Garner for. But when when I when I find myself in this exact same thought process as yourself, I remember a lot of people saying that when Phil Brown took over. Well, we're just and then another draw. Oh well, we're just and then another draw. So I guess you know I'm not Ben Garner out by any stretch of the imagination, but I also can see why people are beginning to lose their rag a little bit. That's that's it. And well done, by the way, Ryan, because you talked about two late goals. And I know what Mr. Ben Wills would have complained about when when he did that. He would have been complaining about his uh, match report at the end because uh, two late goals. Did this impact you? Uh, it always does. Any goal <laughs> past the 80th minute mark, Rich, especially one that turns the game on its head, is a nightmare. And of course, I write two match reports. So I do one for Total and then I do one for the Press Association as well. So it's very much, I've then got to rapidly change two match boards to fit in a different agenda based on Exeter winning instead of Swindon picking up a first, a first home win in a while. So very frustrating, but you know, I don't want to, I don't want to harp on about it. I do a job that a lot of people would love to do. And at times it's just, just incredibly frustrating. Oh, Benny boy would have, uh, would have harped on. Don't you worry. <laughs> love you, Ben. You know what the worst thing was about the weekend, though? It was the Exeter press officers or media men or whatever title we like to give people nowadays. First of all, the main guy was a Chelsea fan, which really just pissed me off anyway. And then the second fact was that when Exeter scored the equaliser, he was like shouting in my ear, jumping around. And oh, then the second goal. I just wish Swindon had scored again and we could have done the same back to him. But oh, well, that's... Uh, does that not happen often? Not to that extent. You normally get like a fist bump and a cheer and we'll say, ah, oh, yes. But it was like off your feet. You'd think like England have just won the World Cup or something. In fact, it wasn't. It was Giovanni Brown equalising for Exeter. Quite different, but we move on. We move on. We move on indeed. Okay, so first half of the presser, as always, is about the game before. Oh, it's actually a return to action <laughs> for that because they didn't really do it last time for the Crawley game, did they? But few things that were raised during the presser, including Ghana's squad selection, which, of course, includes Dion Connery, which we didn't know about. But I guess when you think back to the last presser, he was talking about Baudry being available. Mm. And I remember thinking, well, he's not going to get anywhere near the squad. And, of course, that might have been a hint that there was an injury and it was Dion Conroy. Yeah, we, it was something we didn't really pick up on, on too much. He, he, ben Garner touched on it in his post-match press conference the other day following the Exeter defeat. And he said that Conroy had had a little bit of a, a niggle after that match against Crawley and he was a bit sore down there. Um Almost, I think it was down the back of his leg um, is the area that we were looking at uh, with Dion Conroy. So he's having a scan this evening. Um, club will know more after that. He won't be involved tomorrow. Um, and it was it was his Achilles, really, that, that is the area that he's been struggling with. I think more than anything with Dion Conroy, it's a little bit of caution just because obviously we know what his injury record is like. And he's had, he has had quite a big Achilles injury before. Um, but the, the worst news to come out of today, Rich, has got to be that Jordan Lydon, we all seen him come off at the weekend. We, he, he seemed to have got a kick. Well, he thought he got kicked down the back of his leg and he would be all right and just be assessed. In fact, it's actually Jordan Lydon has ruptured his Achilles 
this is a massive injury for him. It could be actually season ending for Jordan Lydon because this type of injury takes months and months to heal. And the feeling that he got where he thought he'd been kicked down the leg, he didn't actually get touched at all. It was actually his tendon snapping in his Achilles. So you can imagine that. You think you've got kicked. You've not actually. No, your tendon's just gone. Um, So massively, massively disappointing news for him. Um, and, yeah. and Jordan's season looks to be over. Yeah, without wanting to sound like my mum when she watches her one England game every four years, what a bloody shame. Mm. Really, really gutted for him because he came back and he was looking great and that's all it takes, isn't it? And I think the discussion, oh, well, Dave mentioned on the pod, you know, that he, he went down with nobody around him. So it, it's it's tremendously disappointing and it's an, it's a loss of a player a loss of a key player. It's also a loss of someone's development elsewhere because I'm sure somebody who would have been going out on loan won't be going out on loan now because we'll need it for squad depth. Uh, it's just, oh, we could have really done with Jordan Lydon, couldn't we? But The fact is, well, it's not even that he's been kind of an average player or kind of below standard. He's actually been playing really, really well when he's been in midfield. Admittedly against X, he probably wasn't playing to his best, but he's still been a really effective player for Swindon Town and he I think the thing for Jordan Lyons he can fill in so many different positions he's very very versatile whether you want to push him further up the pitch to try and create chances or drop him into that deep line midfield role to break up play he can do everything um and unfortunately for him he he just seems to be a player that is plagued with injury yeah and if 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 it's an end of season it could be an end of career for Swindon and Jordan Lyden too so that I really hope he does managed to come back before the season's out, but we shall see. Something that was quite noticeable in the first half against Exeter was Josh Davison, mm. and he was definitely limping around a fair bit. Not like hugely, but certainly gingerly, I would say. Yeah. But th- there is something there, isn't there? There is something there. It's an ongoing issue with Josh Davison. His, his hamstring keeps tightening up. It's nothing major. It's nothing that they can't manage. But his hamstring keeps tightening up, and the longer the game's going as well, he seems to be struggling with a lower back pain, is what Ben Garner told us today. Um, it's not too much of a worry from Ben Garner's point of view, he said, because they can manage this at the meantime. What they need to do is get him into some training, get this term loading that we hear quite often. He needs to be getting loaded done to him. Um, and then Swindon will certainly see an improvement in that, and they'll see that these niggles that he seems to be picking up halfway through games and he starts to kind of his impact starts to fade. That won't be a problem anymore. Get through this week, get a full week's worth of training next week, and he should be starting to improve that fitness. And And Swindon should be seeing the best of him then. But he desperately just needs a goal as well, doesn't he? he well, they always need a goal, but I think he's he's doing the right things. But it, Josh Davidson's fitness moves us quite nicely on to the next question, which was about substitutions, because quite a few people in their feedback, in listeners' contributions, and also plenty of people around the ground I heard take McCurdy off, you know, keep Davison on, keep McCurdy off. But due to his fitness levels, Davison couldn't play the 90. He couldn't play the 90 and that's why he came off. Because Well, he, he could have played the 90, but he wouldn't have been doing anything whatsoever, really, to, to benefit the team. So you would have almost have been playing in a position with 10 men. The substitution is an interesting point, isn't it? Because I made this point in my player ratings following the weekend. And that was that Ellis Iandola, you're looking to see a game out. Is he the type of player that you want to come on? I don't get really what the change was. It was kind of an attacking change with a defensive mindset behind it. Um, you had the likes of Ryan East on the bench and also Matthew Bordry on the on the bench as well. And, and either of those players could have come on if Swindon were looking to see the, the feet out. 
Garner has been questioned on substitutions before, and I think he maybe just got this wrong at the weekend again. But uh, of course, you can't sit there and say it's Ellis's fault that Swindon conceded two goals either. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, um, the the main positive from the weekend was without doubt the debut of Joe Tomlinson. Very, very good, especially in that first hour, 65, 70 minutes of the game sort of faded nearer to the end, but didn't they all really promising stuff from him? Very, very promising. And I said this um, following Saturday, the last time I actually saw a fullback have this good a debut was, of course, Dominic Thompson away at Ipswich, wasn't it? Not quite as good. He didn't get this hat-trick of assists, um, but he got a goal. He was popping up. He seemed to be swapping wings with Rob Hunt quite frequently. Some of the balls that he put into the box were absolutely brilliant. He, there was one towards the back post that Hunt just couldn't quite get in a foot on that would have resulted in another goal for Swindon. Um, but from Ben Garner's point of view, it was a really good debut, especially with the limited training days. And I think Garner sees Tomlinson being as this very versatile player who can play on either the left or the right for Swindon. Ellis Iandolo was given a rest. That was simply what it was. It wasn't that Garner thinks that Tomlinson should replace him every week. He's given a rest. We're in a stick run of games and, and we have to utilise the squad as best as possible. But what, what a debut it was indeed, Rich. Indeed, there was one bit though, I think on his first set piece, which was a good one, but in the 30 seconds to a minute after it, tactically, formation-wise, we were all over the place. <laughs> it was so funny. They were, they were trying to get back into their usual shape and it just turned into one line of eight players within yards of each other. It was very funny. Luckily, we got away with it, but... Um, the second time he went from left to right to take a set piece, it was much slicker. But <laughs> there was one moment where we just looked all over the shop. But, oh dear. So Tramier Rovers then, second in the league. Yeah, We tend to do well when we go there. I think I worked out yesterday that we've won our last five games at Prenton Park. But their form is quite impressive. Uh, they've only lost one game since a run that started on the 20th of November, about 12 games. So one loss in 12, two of those draws, all the rest wins. The only loss they've done was against Forest Green Rovers. And that's not exactly anything to be ashamed of at the moment, other than the fact that they were absolutely battered by them. Mickey Mellon's doing a great job with them. They're looking good for promotion. So how does a faltering Swindon Town get anything from Tramier on Tuesday? Well, Rich, it might be a faltering Swindon Town, but it's an away game. So, of course, we will play better, undoubtedly, because we're away from the county ground. You touched there on their form. They have been in some very good form throughout the course of the season. However, if you look at their last three games, a 4-0 loss to Tranmere, a very tight 1-0 victory over Stevenage, and then, of course, at the weekend, a one-all draw away to Barrow. So, you know, on the last three games were form, even probably the match before that Forest Green, it was a 1-0 victory over Crawley. They're not in the star-studded form that they've been in for, for large parts of this season. We mentioned Swindon Town away from when we typically do tend to play better. That's, for some reason, just the way things have been this season. Um, but Ben Garner's analysis is that our record away from home is against top teams is very, very good. And and for large parts, it is very, very good. Swindon seem to almost play better against some of the teams at the top of the league. I've no idea why, but for Garner says that we just need that win to turn the momentum around and one win can change everything. He touched on the defending of uh, Mickey Mellon's team, and it's that defending has been Tranmere's strength this season. They're very, very organised. We look at the scores that we were just quoting there, bar that 4-0 loss to, to Forest Green. They don't really concede many goals they've had in their, since the turn of the year alone. Um, they've had five, sorry, four home, four clean sheets, which is quite impressive. 
they don't let many goals in. They concede very, very rarely. And and they seem to always take a one-goal lead or or a couple of goals, and, and the scorelines aren't very big. And I think that's the thing for Bengana, that they'll be looking to kind of exploit get a couple of goals up and then see how they react. But of course, it's easier said than done. Yeah, we we never seem that we're that far away from a return to form. Before the Exeter game, we, we hadn't lost in since the Mansfield game earlier in mid-January and there were about four games after that. Our away form isn't as hot as it once was. I think we're one away win in the last five. What will be, will be, but we really need a good reaction from the players. And Garner was asked... On his message to the players, yeah, what was said about this? Very, very simple from Ben Garner. It was that he's told the players you, you need to block out this external noise that perhaps is going on around the club in terms of some fans getting on the back of the player, which is, of course, is good. I'm not saying it's a bad thing because it's football. It's going to happen. You're very passionate about your club. They're not playing well. You want to get out of this league. It's, of course, going to happen. But he told them, look, try and block out this noise. You know, we're going to be going to Tranmere tomorrow evening. You can be... You can look to bounce back there. You get three points and it changes everything. And the momentum builds again. Because for Swindon Town, although we're in a dip, we're not losing tons and tons of games. We're just not winning them either, which is, of course, the issue. Um, he quoted a little bit of his time in the Premier League when he was there with Crystal Palace. And he said, look, I've been in this position with, with Palace before, where you've been in this bit of a dip of form. You look at your fixtures coming up and you're thinking, oof, like, there's some there's some really hard points to get there. Um but one win, it changes everything. And, and we're back suddenly shouting about the playoffs once again. So I think he just wants his players to relax, play the way they can, and, and the results should follow, hopefully. So what would you go with in terms of your lineup for this one? So we know that Leiden is out. We know that Conroy is out. What Payne, is he, is he close? So on Jack Payne, he joined in team training on Thursday last week. Still a little bit too early, Rich, on that mm. front there. He's set to be included in a squad this week, but it's very unlikely to be tomorrow night. It should be Saturday, however, uh, that he's back in the squad. Whether he starts is a different option, not, but it's great to see him back. And unfortunately, though, isn't it? It's one midfielder back and one midfielder out in Leiden. But in my in my team selection, if we just have a quick look through it, I don't think there'll be too much change. One player that I am highlighting, I think should be benched, and you might not agree, it'd be interesting to your thoughts, Rich, is Johnny Williams. I think okay. he's a little bit below par of what he can do recently. Uh, Jojo Wallacott in goal, the same back three, and why not? I think for large parts, they were very, very good. Um, Adonai still looks a bit lost when he has the ball at his feet, but <laughs> that's, a, that's a different point altogether. Joe Tomlinson will keep his spot at left wing back. I don't see any difference there. Rob Hunt stay at right wing back. And then in midfield, it'll be Ben Gladwin, who's, who's actually fair play to him. I think he's done very, very well recently, given given the criticism he comes in for. Ben Gladwin, um, Ellis Iandolo could be deployed in that midfield position alongside Ryan East and then Davison and McCurdy. So we're going with the Iandolo out of position or in a position where he's played before instead of East, for example? I think he'll go into that midfield three. I think he'll be very much used as a attacking midfielder in the position that okay. you see Williams playing typically. Because we've seen in games where he does like to get forward and, and he kind of looks to create space. But, you know, that being said, who who, said, who knows? Garner seems to have a lot of faith in Johnny Williams, but I could see him in field three of Gladwin East and Iandler. Ah, uh, yes. OK, so we're still not done with transfers, are we, in, in terms of being asked questions? 
is the free agent market still available to us? Is there is there not a deadline for that? I don't think there is. As long as you've got a free agent, and my understanding is that you can look to bring in a player. So Swindon can still look to bring in a player. But of course, Ben Garner said today they've had a look at it simply because with Josh Davidson at the minute, Rich, the issue is that they need time to get him up to speed. The same with Louis Barry. And you could also say the same with Jaden Mitchell Lawson, who hasn't played many games. They need time to kind of look to develop those players, especially Barry and Davison. Unfortunately, Swindon don't have that time if they're serious about making it into the playoffs this season. They've had a look at the free agent market. Ghana doesn't feel there are any options out there whatsoever that can benefit Swindon. They were looking at loaning Harry Parsons out. That is now off the table. Harry Parsons will not be loaned out. They're going to look to find an internal solution to this upfront position. Davidson's obviously the player that they would prefer to partner McCurdy up top. Barry will be interested to see where he fits in. But no new players will be arriving through Swindon Town until the summer. What an opportunity that is for Harry Parsons. Sorry, the issue is, Rich, is that they don't have any time to, to develop. You need to score yeah. really on your first or second game. And if you're not, then you have to look for a solution straight away. Ben Garner made the point of at the start of the season, we came in, you know, Tyree Simpson, a lot of fans at the start of the season were saying, oh, I'm not sure if he's going to be effective for us. He was incredibly effective, and that's why he's back at his parent club. Harry Parsons has a great opportunity, but he has to score in his first couple of games if he's going to stake a claim to start up front. Indeed. Okay. Well, Garner had a chat with owner Clem Mulfooney post-game. We all know what that's insinuating. Pressure. But... This is not something that's been entertained internally. No, not being entertained internally by any stretch of the imagination. It was very much chat because Clem's now back off to Australia. So that was his last game at the weekend against Exeter. Um, Garner was disappointed he couldn't send Clem away with a win. But he really seems to have a lot of respect for the Swindon Town. We said Clem is fantastic and he's very realistic with where we are. After he took over the club with the remit of staying in the league. Swindon have been frustrated in the last three or four games, but we need to channel that frustration into upcoming games. So from Clem's point of view, and all the messages from the board level is that Garner's the man. He'll be there to the end of the season regardless. And this is a long-term project and and he'll continue to build a squad in the summer and, and look to the next season or this season, if it's not possible, next season, look to take Swindon up to League One. Cool. Shall we listen to your questions? Let's go for it. On Josh there, I suppose you talk about loading and that's a term you've used quite a lot over the season. Are you surprised that the condition he's maybe come to you in from, from his parent club? But We would probably expect him to be a little bit more, I guess, match ready. No, not not, not really. You, know, you, know, you never know what goes on outside outside of this, this building. So... Um, he hasn't obviously played regularly this season. He, he's, he's been in and out and hadn't played for the last few weeks really before coming into us. So um, it, his actual all-round conditioning is, is is fine. He could go 90 minutes as he did at Colchester. Um, it's just this one issue with getting neurally with his bottom of his back and his hamstring tightening up. So it's just something that we've got to manage. It's something that we can prevent moving forward. We're confident we can do that with the great sports science team that we've got here. Um, we just need a little bit of time to do that basically and on Jake O'Brien and uh, Cooper in defence they you know even though conceded two goals they had really good strong performances the other day have you probably been more impressed than you expecting to be so with those two defenders since they come to the club um, not so much with Brandon because I'd seen a lot of Brandon previously um, knew what a really top player he is what talent he's got I knew he'd be a perfect fit for us um, I think with Brandon they need games um, if he's probably played twice in the last three, four months for Swansea and then he's played twice in four or five days for us. So 
he's only going to improve. He's only going to get better. Um, and, and Jake O'Brien for a, for a first loan and, and a run of back-to-back games has done really well for a, for a 20-year-old. And, you know, that's a player that we'd watched a lot of at 23's level, been surely watched him probably more than any other player in the last 12 months or so. Um, and, the, and the info that we got from Palace and the people I know there and that he knows there uh, about him, um, we felt he was one that we could uh, would help us and that we could develop. And he's still got lots to learn. He's still got lots to learn. And again, the more time on the training ground we get with him, the better. But he's got huge potential, uh, really like his character and um, really, really pleased with what he's done so far. But again, hopefully with both of those players, there's a, there's a lot more to come. And just finally, um, a lot of kind of home fans that don't go to away games because obviously a certain amount of tickets. I'm not asking kind of a, for any slate on home fans or, or fans at all, but do you think there's probably possibly fans expecting a little bit too much? I mean, you dropped out of that playoff zone, obviously there's points are very, very close, you know, a couple of wins and you're right back up there. Um, but, you know, some fans are kind of suggesting that, oh, we're out of the playoffs now, this is a disaster of a season given where we have been. Yeah, I think, again, from my point of view, I say it to the players, I have to do the same. I have to block out the external noise. Um, you know, I know what goes on every single day here, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to... And this, coming in, this was a long-term project. Um, you know, we've got a long-term plan that we want to... How we want to grow the football club, how we want to build it. Um, and the simple truth is that we were massively ahead of schedule this season. And I'm not saying we want to drop away from that, because we don't. We want to finish as high up the league as we can. Uh, we want to try and challenge for promotion if we can and push, and I still think we've got the ability to do that. But when you do well and you surpass expectations, things change, and that's where we are. Um, so we're not going to back away from that. We're going to embrace that challenge. And um, when there's criticism, I know that that's on me. Uh, certainly not on this group of players. That's on me. Um, and as I say, one game can make a huge, huge, huge difference. So I'm hoping we can do that tomorrow at Tranmere, get a fantastic three points. Um, and then Wednesday morning, the world's a better place and everyone's got a different outlook again. Very good. All the best, Ben. Good luck tomorrow. OK, then. So more on Davison Fitness since arriving from Charlton. Not playing, playing regularly. They knew they know that he can't play 90 minutes. What more did you want? <laughs> well, it was really just um, a little bit of analysis on on kind of Charlton and when they had him because... I know there's a diff- there is a match fitness element whereby players might get tired, but the fact that he's come to Swindon and he seems to have this niggling injury that keeps happening in games, I don't know why that wasn't perhaps picked on up at Charlton because it's not like it's a, it's a regular injury. Like I said, it's not like it's a it's a match fitness whereby players just need a bit of time to get used to playing again. It's actually an issue whereby he's he's having muscle problems already and and he's not able to complete ninety minutes properly. So it was just a um, a couple of comments from Ben Garner on that and whether he was expecting a little bit more from, from Davidson and, and the way he's been treated at Charlton. But of course, as you heard him there, we don't know what goes outside this building and you can only take the players based on the facts that get presented to you when you contact them in the first place. Okay, well, again, positives. And you, you've already suggested it. Backline, O'Brien, Cooper, they're looking really, really good. If we can find the balance across the squad, then we're going to do all right, aren't we? But... These two are really kicking on well. These two have been brilliant since signing. And I put the question to Garner, as you heard, that look, they did concede twice at the weekend. Of course, Brandon Cooper's probably turned a little bit too easily in the build-up to um, Exeter's first goal. But for large parts, they seem to have all the attributes you could want. Hard-hitting, great in the great in the air. Cooper, in particular, seems brilliant at bringing the ball out from defence. He, he, 
there's a couple of times against Exeter whereby he would look to play a pass and instead just change his mind and dribble up through midfield and, and we were uh, upfield a lot quicker than what we typically are. So the 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 thing is, I don't know what you think, but Akinodameo, he's a, he's, he seems to be able to partner them well. I think it just give him a little bit more time to build up that partnership. But where does Dion Comori get back into this team? Because he's he's not going to come in and place Jacob Bryan with the way he's playing, despite the fact he's 20 years old. Cooper seems to be a Ghana favourite at centre-back. And another Mayo, for some of his flaws with the ball, he's, he's, he's very, very good in one-on-one defending situations. Yeah, the competition is great. I'm all for it. I'm not going to just simply say that's it now for, for Dion Conroy, but I do completely agree that these guys are rapidly becoming undroppable. So he's going to have to be patient and wait for his time to get back into the side, which I'm more than sure he will. Um, but we, we will see on that. The final the final question of the cre- of the presser uh, was on fan expectations, and you can't ignore it, can you? you the, the weekend was full of a tug of war of ideologies, really, of the runner form. Swindon Town are in, not in the last week or two, but generally over the last couple of months is not acceptable, and therefore it has to be discussed. To the other side of that, which is either we're just lucky to have a club we should just we knew what we were in for to deal with it too it's not that bad and then there is common ground in between that too is again how does a how does a pro footballer that's on social media relentlessly block out external noise i don't know if you can um from if you're on social media and, and that's why i think garner's a fan of players not being on social media too often um, I think it's very hard, but they're professionals at the end of the day. You can see things online, and then when it comes to, to kick-off, it, it's probably all out of your mind, and you're focused solely on the job at hand. Ben Garner's point, as you heard there, is that, look, he really wants... He, first of all, I think he has a lot of love for the Swindon Town fans, for the reception he's been given since coming into the club, and the support that has been tremendous, both away and at home, with the crowds that you've seen. The simple truth is, he said, massively ahead of schedule, that is correct. Swindon don't want to drop away from that. They're still going to push for for the playoffs. But, you know, Rich, in, in my honest opinion, I think sometimes as football fans, we are all a bit fickle in terms of expecting a little bit too much when things start to go our way. Um, I'm not giving Ben Garner any excuses here, but if, if, if I presented the facts to you and said Swindon Town, under a transfer embargo for the whole season, had a January whereby they lost a, a hell of a lot of their best players... You even your top goal scorer left aside, and you're in a position whereby, yes, even though it's a long time on, the summer was incredibly disruptive again, and Swindon Town were favourites to go down at the start of the season. We're still we're acting like we're we're drip, dropping away at a rapid rate from the playoffs. We're only one point outside them. You know, a victory tomorrow, and we can go back into sixth position even. So. Everyone just needs to take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I understand the grievances and the issues that supporters have. It's a very, and I hope it's a one-off. It's, it feels like a unique season where I think context is huge. And I just don't see the logic. And I think about it a lot. I just cannot see the logic in scrapping what is supposed to be a long-term plan in favour in favour of another new manager with different ideologies, with a new idea of who he wants in his squad and who he wants to bring in. And then we're just starting over again. I had it in my mind that this season would be a, 
non-promotion season. I won't say relegation, but I'll certainly say non-promotion. And then it looked like we might compete and it still looks like we might compete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're in a better place than I would have thought regardless. Regardless and forget about all the guff from August. I'm talking about as things were playing out in terms of the fact that we were clearly better than relegation fodder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are in a great place. We have gaps where if we if we filled those gaps adequately or if we had the rubber the green, like at the moment, the three players we're trying to get up to speed are all in the same position. Centre forwards, you know, we have one fully operating centre forward at the moment. All the others we're trying to we're trying to play catch up. Everywhere else, defensively, we seem fine. The Leiden loss is huge. The loss or you know, suspensions will be huge for whoever gets sent off or, you know, runs their mouth at full time and we lose them. Huge. I mean, Louis Reed's actions are now looking even more ridiculous as as Jordan Lydon pulls up. If we're playing to our full, we'll be absolutely fine and competing and maybe have a little bit of extended season or even automatic. Who knows? I don't think we're going to get automatic, but the playoffs are there. It's a very unique season and Ghana won't have that next year. He won't have that next year. And I'm not sat here saying, you know, fans are wrong for wanting success and immediate success given the team that we have that is undoubtedly able to compete in the playoffs. It's, it's a very strong team. So, you know, if fans aren't stupid for saying, oh, should we look at a new manager? What I would say, though, is this is a long-term project. And for once, we've actually got a manager who wants to be at Swindon and wants to do well with them. I see. I saw, saw some comments at the weekend saying, oh, Richie Wellens is a... Could be a good move to bring back. I'm not being funny. Richie Wellens ditched Swindon at their lowest point, went to Salford, didn't do very well there. Admittedly, probably wasn't given enough time. Then went to Doncaster, an awful there, and is now out of a job. And, and was sat there saying, okay, could he come in and replace Bengana when you've got a manager who has built a team based on loan players because you're under a transfer embargo? And they're just one point outside the playoffs. They've been a bit of a dip of form, but easy to bounce back and I'm still I'm still very very confident I actually made a 20 pound bet with one and this is the weekend Rick uh that Swindon will be in the playoffs coming the end of the season and it's also just ridiculous how we always look backwards to to look forwards you know we always look to former names whether it be players or managers to come back why there's a whole pool of footballers and coaches that we can take from a lot of it stems from Ghana was never a fancy appointment he was never an exciting appointment, but that's not what we were after. We were after someone to steady the ship and implement a new ideology and a new way of doing it. It's still 10 times better than what we saw last season across the campaign. What I would just say quickly is that I speak. I spoke to Ben Garner every single week since I started the season, and I've, I've really started to understand what type of manager he's like. And I'll go on record and I say that I think Ben Garner will be a very, very good manager. And I totally think he is the right person for Swindon. Just got to be given that time and and get a transfer window under his belt in summer, a full summer, where he can actually buy players and then see what happens. I think Swindon will be okay this season. And for for large parts, I think he's done a very good job. Splendid. Okay, well, we'll end on predictions. I can't say that I'm confident of a win, but a draw is very much possible. I'm going to go with, guess what, two goals in a game. (laughs) 2-2. I was thinking similar lines there, Rich, but I'm actually going to say Swindon can bounce back in this game. I don't know why. It's probably my heart telling me, but let's go for a 2-1 win. Oh, yes, please. All day long. Can it be in the 95th minute, please? (laughs) Harry McCurdy knee slide with his, I don't know what it is, machine gun celebration or something similar to that. 
There go his ligaments. Stop it, Rich. Stop it now. Okay. That was really, really good. Thank you very much, Ryan. Until next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye, everyone. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 